You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to my show. I'd also like to give a special shout out to my Patreon family for supporting this podcast on a deeper level. If you want to support this podcast even more, become a member of my Patreon family, where you can get a variety of backstage perks. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc for more information. Now, on today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam on the Broadway Podcast Network, I am bringing back Mary Lane Haskell, whom I just spoke with a few weeks ago. But because we ran out of time in our last interview, I needed to have her back on the show so we can talk about her body positivity advocacy work, as well as starring in Dolly Parton's upcoming Christmas movie, Christmas on the Square, which will be premiering on Netflix on November 22nd. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Mary Lane Haskell. Hi, Mary Lane. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm so happy to be back. Oh, my God. I'm so happy to have you back. So um, by the time uh, by the time this episode airs, your first interview will have already aired. So um, in the last interview, just to remind everybody, we spoke with Mary Lane about Dolly Parton being her aunt and all the things they got to do, love to do growing up together. And we also talked about Mary Lane being a stroke survivor. But what we didn't get to talk about is on Mary Lane's social media, she does all of this body positivity advocacy. Um, And we're going to talk about that. But first, let's start things off fun and light again. And we'll talk about your starring in Dolly's new Christmas movie, Christmas on the Square, which is coming to Netflix. Mm -hmm. So um, what can you tell us about the film and your role in the film? Well, it's a musical, first thing first, which is very appropriate for your audience, I think. Um, It is a big, old-fashioned Hollywood musical. Dolly has written 14 new songs one of which she gave a little preview on her Christmas album that just dropped. Uh-huh. Um, the title song from the musical Christmas on the Square. Uh-huh, yes. The others are 19, um, gosh, pardon me, 13 songs that no one has heard before. Oh, my gosh. And um, we're very excited about it. It's all of your favorite Christmas tropes. We've got a little Christmas carol. We've got a little It's a Wonderful Life. And then, of course, with music by Dolly Parton and directed by the incredible Debbie Allen. Oh, my gosh. And choreographed by Debbie Allen. So, you know, there's going to be incredible dancing Mm -hmm. and um, just pure joy. I mean, it was pure joy for us to make. So that's what we hope people take from it as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually worked with Debbie Allen as well prior to the movie Yes. Well, I'm actually on her faculty at the yes. Debbie Allen Dance Academy. I'm um, one of her um, one of her musical theater masters. Um, so I teach a history of musical theater class, in which I um, kind of 
impress upon these students that it's so important to know the history of musical theater so that we know where Hamilton came from. You know, everyone's yes. obsessed with Hamilton, but we, we got to know um, that it, we got to go back to Music Man and Meredith Wilson. We've mm-hmm. got to go back to all of that to understand and Stephen Sondheim and Into the Woods to understand where rap on the Broadway stage actually came from. So, um, so that's what I do for her. Um, and so through that have been very close with her. And so getting to work with her as an actor was incredibly special. Yeah, how was that relationship? How was it different working with her as an actress as opposed to being a member of her faculty? Well, gosh, I mean, I think it's because as artists, we're always artists, Mm -hmm. whether we're acting or teaching, no matter what, there's always that artistry there. Mm -hmm. I definitely think it was a slightly more collaborative Mm. experience to work Mm -hmm. with her as an actor in a project. Mm -hmm. As opposed to more, you know, submitting my curriculum and getting curriculum approved. And if she had notes and if she wanted me to focus on certain things Mm -hmm. um, and kind of following her lead in that regard as a teacher at her academy, I think as an actor in a film, there was there was a lot more um, play that we Mm -hmm. got. Oh, I love that. I love that. Now, who do you play in the film? Yes. Okay. so quick, too long, didn't read summation of what the story is. It's a small town in middle America. It's called Fullerville. And several days before Christmas, the mean Scrooge of the town, played by the incomparable Christine Baranski, mm-hmm. decides that she has too many bad memories in this town and she wants to sell it. Mm. Wants to sell the town to a Walmart-type conglomeration. <laughs> and basically the opening number is she is serving eviction notices to the mm. entire town. So who I play is Jenna, who is the wife of the town pastor, mm. Christian, played by Josh Segarra. Oh, I love it. I know. He's just the best. And so the pastor, Pastor Christian, because we love an on-the-nose, yes. <laughs> an on-the-nose character name, Pastor Christian um, leads the resistance against Mm. Regina to try and save Christmas and to save the town of Fullerville. And so as his wife, I support him in that. I am a sounding board. I'm also, you know, a calming force for the town while everyone else has their pitchforks and (laughs) torches ready to resist Regina. I'm kind of the the calming voice. Mm. And... um, so it was nice to be able to play that. That's so exciting. And I love that you get to work with Josh so much because I've seen him in several Broadway shows. I saw him in Lestrada Jones. Yes. I saw him in On Your Feet as Emilio Estefan. Have you met him prior to this movie? Okay, this is actually a funny story. We went to the same college. Um, he was a senior at NYU in the Tisch School of the Arts. Uh-huh. I was a freshman. Oh my gosh. And he was big man on campus. Everyone at Tisch knew who Josh Segarra was. I mean, he was so talented, is so talented, but to be a senior in college and be so incredibly talented. And um, he was in the acapella group, the Enharmonics, that we would all go and see at their concerts. And so he was a bit of like a rock star to 
as freshmen. And so on the very first day, which was our recording session, uh-huh. he walks in straight off the plane and he's so nice, gives me the biggest hug. And he goes, you're a fellow NYU grad. And I said, yes, I am. Because I, I looked you up. I did my research. And I said, great. I didn't have to do my research. <laughs> You would have no reason to know who I am, but I know who you are. Yes. <laughs> and just got to kind of do a freshman girl, fangirl for a minute with him because I was such a fan and never had met him, but just knew, of course, who he was. Yes. Oh, how wonderful. Mm-hmm. And now, now after working with him, uh, I mean, what, what sort of like, how do you, how do you view him now that you've worked with him as opposed to like, he's this, you know, (laughs) Greek God on campus. He is the kindest, most humble, most generous, hardest worker, so dedicated to his craft. I learned so much from him. He was so patient with me. And because, you know, I mean, gosh, between his role on Arrow, on the CW, Mm -hmm. And Orange is the New Black and the other two on Comedy Central. Like, I mean, he's as much a a veteran of the television world as he is the Broadway world. Mm -hmm. And so just just watching him work and working with him, you know, every time you have a different scene partner Mm -hmm. who has a different way of approaching the work than you do, Mm -hmm. you learn something because you you come into it with your preconceived notions of this is how I want to play the scene or this is how I want to approach it. And then to have a scene partner who goes, actually, let's talk about it this way. Let's look at it this way um, is such a learning experience. And so for me to have such a seasoned actor in both the musical theater and the television world for this television musical was such a blessing. Yes, yes. Now, I do want to make reference to our previous interview because during that interview, uh, you had mentioned that one of the... um, results of the side effects of your of your um stroke was that you have lost the ability to sing yes so um when did you film this did you film this prior to your stroke oh gratefully um this was filmed actually over a year ago it was filmed in the summer of 2019 Oh, wow. So we wrapped at the beginning of July 2019. Mm-hmm. And so we always like to laugh that it's been just long enough to forget that we did it. <laughs> so that when the time comes around to promote it, it still feels very fresh and exciting. Yes, yes. <laughs> but it, yes, um, we wrapped filming a few months before my stroke. Wow. So what I've been holding on to is that, you know, and again, remaining hopeful. And Mm -hmm. as I mentioned the last time we spoke, I have a team of voice specialists in Los Angeles who I'm ready to work with Mm -hmm. and start getting um, my tone back as it were. But should I not, Mm -hmm. the fact that my last professional singing job was a Hollywood musical with Dolly Parton, (laughs) I mean, that's pretty... That's a pretty w- great way to go out. Yes, yes, that is very special. Yes, 
Yes. Well, I'm so excited to see this film. I cannot wait. I mean, uh, I I know Jennifer Lewis is in it, who I absolutely adore. Um, Of course, Dolly's in it. I'm just so excited for another new Dolly Parton Christmas movie. And November 22nd on Netflix, it's going to be Christmas on the Square. Yes. So excited. So excited. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about your body positivity advocacy, because it is so important, this work that you do, and I want everybody to know about it. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Mary Lane Haskell. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, y'all. My name is Mary Lane Haskell, and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. So, um, like I mentioned before we went to break, um, you do a lot of body positivity advocacy work on your social media, especially your Instagram, where you are uh, empowering plus size women to love themselves. Um, And you have your your supersize the look where you um, put a picture of you dressed in the same clothes as... um, somebody else you yeah. know usually usually i um uh, you know some uh, yes, celebrity guys or thinner celebrity yeah yes yes so um how did you first of all how did you come to like start this start this series on instagram and how did you come to just accept yourself and love yourself and well we'll start with the series I can't take credit for it. I wish I could, but I was very much inspired by an influencer and entrepreneur um, named Katie Storino, mm-hmm. who I follow on Instagram. She had a blog that then grew into sort of branding, and now she has a corporation called Mega Babe, um, where she makes, um, gosh, you know, organic, humane products, whether it be deodorants or things that just really address the issues that women face, like Mm -hmm. whether it's thigh chafing or boob sweat, you know, these things Mm -hmm. that we used to not want to talk about because admitting that we um, experienced them, I think oftentimes, especially plus size women, we thought there was something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if I had a thigh gap, I wouldn't have thigh chafe. Mm-hmm. If I were super thin and my boobs were perky, I wouldn't have boob sweat. Mm. So I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to admit that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Quote, wrong. Um, because, I mean, gosh, a decade ago, that was the narrative. 
Mm-hmm. But Katie has done such an incredible job changing that narrative and being like, no, all women, no matter your body, experience these things. Yeah. And so I'm such a huge fan of hers. And Supersize the Look is actually her creation. Okay. And so when I was, you know, when I came to Mississippi for quarantine and I was, you know, looking at my big closet of clothes, because of course I didn't pack. Mm-hmm. Like, oh gosh, we all thought back in March, we thought there'll be two weeks. Right, right. You know? And so I packed a couple of pairs of leggings and a couple t shirts and was like, I'm just going to have a little vacay. <laughs> I was not prepared for it to be, gosh, almost seven months later. So yes. I've been going through my closet here in my parents' house to see what clothes I had. And as something to kind of keep me active and to keep me engaged, I started looking and saying, okay, so what outfits can I recreate? Like how Mm. can I supersize the look? And so that's why I started back in March. And I'm so glad um, that you've enjoyed those posts because I've certainly enjoyed making them. But I think just as a segue, such a big part of my body positivity journey and accepting myself in this body mm-hmm. has been realizing that style has no size. Mm. When I yes. was in high school, you know, I went to high school in Los Angeles, Calabasas, California, which is, as I like to call it, Kardashian country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very <laughs> much all about the look, all about what you're wearing, what designers you're wearing, all of that. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, even in high school, I was 14 years old and wearing a size 10. Mm. And so I was like, oh gosh, how do I, I can't wear the low rise Frankie B jeans if anyone's listening Mm -hmm. and remember the Frankie B low rise jeans. (laughs) Lord, (laughs) I hope we burn them all. But I can't wear these styles. So I, you know, when I, my mom would take me to Bloomingdale's or whatever to 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 get clothing, my options were always more limited. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel less than. Mm. And I've always loved clothes. I've mm-hmm. loved fashion. And so feeling limited in a plus size body by the fashion industry, mm-hmm. there was always a sense of shame there. Mm-hmm. But gosh, where we've come now in 2020 the brands that are doing inclusive sizing, mm-hmm. unbelievable. And it's so exciting. I mean, J. Crew has up to a size 24. Wow. Now, um, we've got people like Reese Witherspoon's company, Draper James, going up to a size 26 or mm-hmm. 3X. We have um, Eloquy, that is a exclusive plus size clothing brand that goes mm-hmm. all the way up to a size 30, I think, in some styles. And... And it's cute. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a long way to go as far as size inclusivity, mm-hmm. especially in the designer realm. But just the fact that there are so many options now really helped me embrace my size. Yes. Because being in a plus size body no longer meant that I had to wear moo-moos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? there, there were tailored blazers. There were mm-hmm. tailored dresses that snatched the waist. There were things that made you feel good in your body. And that's what it's all about. It's Mm -hmm. about feeling good in your body Mm -hmm. and not about chasing a body that someone else says you should feel good. Only 
yeah. this body. Because, gosh, going back to college and, again, being in a EFA program for a musical theater um, degree at NYU, Tisch School of the Arts, I mean, looking at Broadway, you know, we joked. We called it Broadway shape. <laughs> you don't see many plus size people on Broadway. No, it's true. And when you do, even if they can dance, like for me, I've danced ever since I was three years old. Mm-hmm. And so I was always one of the best dancers in my program. But because of my body, I never got to be featured as a dancer. Mm. Um, we, my junior year, I was cast in the main stage musical. We did the Who's Tommy. Uh huh. Oh my God, that's my favorite show of all time. Right? Actually starring Nick Walker um, as Captain. Oh my God. Captain Walker. And um, Nick Walker of Ain't Too Proud and Hamilton and all of that. Yeah. And I was the dance captain of that show. Mm. The choreographer was like, ooh, She's great, but I didn't get to be in any of the dance numbers. Mm. My track was the specialist assistant minister's wife. I call it the Alice Ripley track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's who I was in the show. So I didn't get to dance at all, mm. but I was the dance captain. So that that is that tough thing that you have to fight as a young person graduating from college wanting to do this. And when mm-hmm. everyone's telling you that there isn't really a place for your body on mm-hmm. the Broadway stage, what do you do? You, you don't want to give up the dream. Right. So you go so you're in the gym six days a week or mm-hmm. seven days a week. You're eating a thousand calories a day. Mm-hmm. For me, this was my journey. And I thought that was normal because mm-hmm. as the weight started to come off, I was, I was celebrated, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, by the faculty, by the administration, like this, yes, you're doing it. You're going to work. You're going to book. Like you mm-hmm. get into that Broadway shape, girl, you're going to book. And so I starved myself down to the smallest I had ever been, which was about a size six. Wow. Size four, depending on the silhouette. Mm-hmm. And Adam, I still couldn't get, I couldn't get arrested in New York City. Wow. Like there was, I, I would get callbacks, I, mm-hmm. you know, regional theater, summer stock, all of that callbacks, but I never booked. Mm. And I had, I had shrunken myself to be this perfect image of what quote Broadway shape was mm-hmm. or what it was a decade ago now. Right. Cause we're talking about 2011. That's when I graduated mm-hmm. and it still wasn't enough. Mm. And so you get into this constant cycle of it'll never be enough. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, you know, you start that depression cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the weight, because you didn't lose it healthily, the weight creeps back on. Mm-hmm. And then you're mm-hmm. back at the start. Mm. Around 2013, again, I think I, from my smallest, I had maybe gained about like 15 or 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Because I decided to only start going to the gym four days a week mm. instead of seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And I decided to start eating 
a, like a, a balanced diet instead mm-hmm. of just steaming broccoli florets mm-hmm. in my apartment and eating a plate of just steamed broccoli florets for dinner. Mm. You know? And like that wasn't healthy. Mm-hmm. It worked. I lost the weight, but it wasn't healthy. And this, as soon as I started eating a healthy, balanced meal and lessened my gym time to four days a week, which I would say is still a healthy exercise. Right yes, now, definitely. The weight started to creep back on because mm. my body was not a healthy body at that mm-hmm. size. Mm-hmm. Right. Other bodies can be. Absolutely. And that's the other thing in the body positivity work that I do. Mm -hmm. And also with a little bit of body neutrality thrown in there as well. Mm -hmm. And I can touch more on body neutrality in a little bit because it's a newer concept. Okay. But just the fact that one person's body is perfectly healthy at a size does not mean that that is the size that everyone's body should be healthy at. Right, right. It's not. And I think 10 years ago, you know, that's what was being preached. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that it was the woman in the health magazine or the woman on the Equinox poster, Mm -hmm. you know, at Lincoln Center, Mm -hmm. that those were healthy bodies, quote. Yeah. Do you think there was like a particular, was or was there a particular moment where you were just like, I just can't do this? Was it like a particular audition that you were just like, you know what, just forget it? It wasn't an audition. What it was, was a meeting. So I flew out to Los Angeles to visit my family and see my brother's kids and to, you know, put some feelers out about what that transition from stage acting to television acting might look like. And I scored a meeting with the head of casting at the CW which was huge, and she was so kind and so supportive and said, we love you, we think you're amazing, you'd be perfect for Heart of Dixie, which was a show set in the South that was on the CW at that time, and I was so excited. And she said, but we're going to need you to lose 25 pounds. And even though I had lost all this weight, and even though I was on the lower end of the spectrum regarding my weight at this time, I wasn't surprised because it's something I'd heard my whole life. And I said that to her, you know, that's not the first time I've heard that and it won't be the last time. So I understand. And then something really incredible happened. She apologized. She said, it breaks my heart to hear you say that. And I'm sorry that I had to speak to you that way. Because I have a daughter. And if anyone ever spoke to her the way that I just spoke to you, I'd want to kill them. So I'm so sorry that you have had to hear this from me today and from clearly many other people over the course of your career because you're so talented and you're beautiful and you're smart, but it's this business. It's just the business. And I thanked her and I said, I understood. And I left that meeting 
and had an epiphany of sorts about a few things. The first thing was, it's never going to be enough. No matter how thin I get, there's always going to be someone telling me to be thinner. There's always going to be someone who says it's not enough. And if I keep chasing these unattainable beauty standards, I'm going to hurt myself. So I've got to stop. I've got to stop listening to these people. Especially because, and this is sort of the second aha moment from that meeting, how screwed up, pardon my French, but how screwed up is a set of beauty standards if even the person whose job it is to enforce and uphold those beauty standards knows that they're wrong and feels guilty and sorry about enforcing them. So it was in that moment that I knew it's not me. I'm not the problem. The beauty standards are the problem. These unattainable standards of beauty are the problem. So if I'm going to work in this business, I've got to find a way to do it in this body, however big it is, whatever my weight. Because if being in this business and working in this business is contingent upon constantly chasing beauty standards, it's not worth it. But Adam, when I tell you that the second and this is going to sound so cliche, and this is going to sound like such a line. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm a woman of faith, and I believe that what is for you will come to you, mm-hmm. regardless of extraneous circumstances. And the second I started accepting myself mm-hmm. and stopped killing myself, and yeah, the weight came back on, but it was okay. I, I, I wasn't concerned about it. I, I didn't have this mentality in my head that said, oh, you've gained all this weight. You'll never be anything. Mm. I had gotten rid of that mindset and I booked Code of Many Colors. Wow. It really is true. I mean, once you start learning to love yourself, yes. everything else falls into place. And from there... It's just, you know, that was sort of like that 2015 area Mm -hmm. was when I really dedicated myself to this work and to this advocacy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's work. Like I call it for a reason. You have to wake up every day and decide to love yourself. Because of course there are things about myself when I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh gosh, okay, that role didn't used to be there. That stretch mark mm-hmm. used to be there. And you sort of start thinking about it that way. But, and this is a good transition actually into body neutrality, mm-hmm. which I have found to be such a comfort when, because the body positivity hustle can be exhausting. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. That constant, okay, yes, I'm fierce. I'm fabulous. I'm all of these things. There are some days when we wake up and we don't necessarily feel that. And instead of making ourselves feel that, instead of forcing anything, what we do is we approach our bodies with acceptance. Mm. It's not positivity or fabulous, fierce, sexy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your stretch marks or tiger stripes, your rolls or whatever, but you know, whatever things we say, and all of that's wonderful mm-hmm. and is important. But there are days when hyping ourselves up is sometimes more exhausting mm-hmm. than just going, you know what? Yeah, do I love the way I look from that angle or if a photo is taken, you know? And you don't look the way in the picture you think you look in your head. Mm -hmm. Letting that be an earth-shattering moment. You go, you know what? Yeah, did I do I look great from that angle? Maybe not, but that doesn't lessen my value. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because my value is not placed in how I look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's body neutrality. Yes. Yes. I think one of my favorite pictures of yours is uh, you posted on, it was like National Bikini Day, I think. And you posted this great picture of you in a bikini. And I was so, I loved it so much. And everything that you wrote in the description and everything that you posted the picture for what it should stand for. And and like you said in in the post, like, why can't I wear a bikini? Why shouldn't I be able to wear a bikini? And it is so true. And it's like one of my all-time favorite pictures of yours. Oh, gosh. Thank you. You're welcome. And another thing, especially in this time of quarantine, I mean, we're in a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And diet culture is rearing its ugly head, right? Mm-hmm. Because every other ad on social media is pushing diet products because- yes the natural thing that happens when you've been closed up in your house, only able to go to the grocery store once a week, if at all, if you're in Mm -hmm. a high risk home and, or you're getting food delivered and things you're going to put on weight. You're not Mm -hmm. able to go to a gym. And if you don't have a home gym, Mm -hmm. you're having to just make do to move your body. However you can move your body. Yes. Feel good. And so everyone's, priorities have shifted during this time. Let's take one more quick break. And um, when we come back, let's play a game and do some rapid fire questions. And then I'll end with my famous question um, just to uh, lighten things up a little bit. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Mary Lane Haskell. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. And now we're back. So um, let's play a game that I have called um, Good Golly, It's Dolly. I love it already. (laughs) So in this game, I'm going to list a Dolly Parton song and you are going to tell me the first thought or memory that comes into your head about that song. Um, the first song is going to be The Seeker because oh. that was the first Dolly Parton song I ever heard you sing. Yes. 
It's, um, gosh, um, childhood is the first thing that comes to mind. That song was on a cassette tape, a mixtape that she made for my father. She called it his happy tape. Oh my God. And he would play it in the car all the time. And that's the first time I heard it. And then when we, Dolly and I would get together, she'd sing it and we'd sing it together. Player guitar, player nails, and um, we'd sing it together. So that is a song that is very near and dear to my heart. So good I one. love that. I love that. Um, the next one is uh, Down from Dover. Heartstrings. Mm, um, yes. I got to play a part in the Down from Dover episode on Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, which was a Netflix series that came yes. out. And it is just such an incredible story and a beautiful story. And the fact that it was never released in the United States is a single. Mm-hmm. Because it was about an out-of-wedlock pregnancy and yes. the airwaves in the United States wouldn't play it. I think it's such a crime. Mm-hmm. Yes. For that reason, not a whole lot of people know know that song. So if mm-hmm. you're if you're listening to us talk about Down from Dover going, what's who? Who is she? Um, go on your Spotify or your Apple Music or whatever you listen to and listen to Down from Dover. It's just the most haunting, um, beautiful story. Yes, yes. It's on her Little Sparrow album mm-hmm. and uh, it's the the three disc set. Um, I think it's called It's Dolly. Oh my gosh. You're, you're an encyclopedia. I, <laughs> I mean, she's one of my top five favorite artists, so. Of course. <laughs> um, here you come again. Oh my gosh. One of my favorite lyrics in all of Dolly's canon. Mm-hmm. Here you come again, looking better than a body has a right to. Yes. Like, oh, that is such a that's such a sexy lyric. Yes. So true. Like when you see somebody, especially if it's an ex, mm-hmm. I'll never forget like reuniting with an ex and just he looks so good. And I'm like, no, you're not supposed to look good. You're supposed to look horrible. But I can feel better, but looking better than a body had a right to. So I, I I feel that. I feel that deeply. Yes, yes. I love that line. Um, of course, I will always love you. Oh gosh. I mean, iconic, beautiful song. But what I love about that is the story that proves what a good businesswoman she is Mm -hmm. and what a brilliant businesswoman she is in that Elvis Presley wanted it. Yes. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't sign away the publishing Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't take it unless he had publishing rights. Right. And so that deal went away and everybody around her was like, what are you thinking? Elvis, that would have made your career. That would have, I mean, that would have, you would have been set for life. And Mm -hmm. not if I had given away the publishing and so she sat on it and she waited and then Whitney came around Yep, and wanted the song and allowed Dolly to keep the publishing. And as Dolly says, um, nine to five put some money in the bank, but I will always love you bought the bank. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God. And, and what Whitney did with that song, I oh mean, my gosh, it's extraordinary. It's, yes. It's so yes. different. I feel like what Elvis would have done with it would have been too similar. Yes. What Dolly did with it. Oh yeah, yeah. And so it I think I feel like they those two renditions might have canceled each other out. Yes. Whereas yeah. both Whitney and Dolly's are iconic in their own way. Yes. I mean, like Dolly said, it was already a number one hit for her. Exactly. So, you know, and then Whitney, I mean, just took it to a completely different level. Right. 
And and I do love I love listening to both versions because they are so different. And mm-hmm. I mean, Whitney has that powerhouse vocal and um, oh, and I, I love that versions and all that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I do love that Dolly has re-recorded that song over the years. And, and every time she records it, it's just slightly different. I mean, she has it as a duet with Vin Skill. Yes. Um, it's a another- slightly different take. She's always yes. using new energy and new inspiration into her music. Yes. And um, it's such a testament to how her music is so timeless. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, The last song in this game is um, I Just Might from uh, 9 to 5, the musical. Yes. Um, Well, as far as a memory, I got to be with Dolly in London at the premiere of 9 to 5 on the West End. Oh, my God. So um, I love that show. And I think it did not get its due on Broadway. Well, that's the whole game. You did a very good job. I love it. Play it forever. Yes. I mean, and there's a catalog of music that I could keep going forever. (laughs) I was actually, I just listened this morning to a Dolly Parton album that I hadn't heard um, yet uh, called Bubbling Over. It's on Spotify from her. I mean, it's from like the 70s. And I just... I love all, I mean, I love her whole catalog, but it's so great to hear that style of music, especially at that time. Oh, sure. It's so great. It's so great. Well, let's do a few rapid fire questions. Let's do it. Uh, favorite scent or smell? Oh, gosh. Like in life or like a perfume? I'm going to let you take it however direction you want. Okay. Um, in life, freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Mm, yes. And since you mentioned it, what would be your favorite perfume? Angel. Mm. Very Mueller. I love it. Uh, favorite lipstick color? Mac Ruby Woo. Mm. Favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Honey. Yes. <laughs> favorite game? Like board game? Uh, this one's going to be board game and then precursor the next one's going to be game show oh gosh game show okay well board game i think it would have to be a toss-up between clue uh-huh risk Ooh, yes i have not had anybody mention risk and i used to love risk growing up i mean i love oh, too that but haskell fam gets brutal playing oh i love that i love that well with us. <laughs> are you a golden girls fan i am well they have golden girls clue which i have uh yeah i've seen that so much and fun. I also just recently for my nephews who are here with me right now bought harry potter clue oh i love like it hogwarts and oh it's so cool oh my god i love that i love that um and favorite game show game show gosh i think um i would have to say family feud yes because i just love the dynamics of the families (laughs) <laughs> and like watching if someone gets something wrong and then how they interact with each other or yes. how they celebrate when someone gets something right. Yes. So not only is it a fun game show, but just watching the family interactions is always so fun. I love that. We need a special family feud episode of the Haskells versus the Partons. Oh gosh. That would be <laughs> that would be yes that would be incredible to watch <laughs> so if the producers of family feud are listening get that going <laughs> um and your uh go-to karaoke song oh my gosh there are several but okay. lately i've been 
sticking with Sin Wagon by the Dixie Chicks. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a crowd yeah. pleaser. Yes. <laughs> and your go-to emoji when texting? Oh, gosh. Um, normally, it's prayer hands. Uh-huh. Prayer hands. But recently, there's been a lot of face palming. <laughs> face palm with everything yeah. in the news. <laughs> yes. Lots oh, my God. Yes. So yes. face palming and prayer hands. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's all the rapid fire questions. So we are already at the end of the interview and I'm going to end with my famous question, which is playing off of the title of my podcast, burying it all with call me Adam. So if you could bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not told previously, what would you share with me today? Oh, wow. I feel like, I would say, I, we touched on so much of it with the positivity work, but um, just to expand upon that mm-hmm. um, a little further, um, I focus specifically in our conversation about career, but um, to expand a little bit on love life, mm-hmm. you know, one of the many reasons that I would starve myself and shrink myself was because I thought that that's what men wanted. Mm. You know, I how many times that I would be dating someone or hoping to date someone, and next thing I knew, they were with someone half my size. Mm. And just that burden and that mm. baggage that I carried, mm. that I would never find love and I would never be loved by someone mm-hmm. until I fit this ideal. Mm. that for me was always unattainable and that's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's just not true because any person who only loves you for that, for your body being a certain size, they don't really love you. No, that is, that is definitely 100% true. And for me, I would rather be alone and just like the fierce aunt to my babies. Yes than to force my body into a shape that would appeal to a man who, who when eventually when my body fails, because it do, all bodies do, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in sags, boobs sag, like life happens. Mm-hmm. And if all that was appealing about me to that man was my body, when that eventually faded, to find myself in a in a more shallow relationship would I'd rather be alone than find myself in that position. Yes. And there's yes. a certain power in that for me. Definitely. Definitely. Because also then the men that you attract will be ones that are gonna love you for you exactly. because you already know that you're not gonna accept anything less than that. You know, it's this is who I am and exactly. you're gonna love me for me. Exactly. It goes back to, which I, I mentioned in the previous interview, Dolly's song, Just the Way I Am. Yep. This is just the way I am. Mm-hmm. And hey, take it or leave it. That's yep. right. That's right. But I hope you take it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been such a wonderful, wonderful yes, continued conversation. Thank you so much for having me back. I'm glad we were able to touch on everything we missed last time. Yes, me too. Me too. Now, let's just remind everybody where... Um, you can be found on social media so everybody yeah. can follow you. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Lane Haskell. 
great. Well, everybody subscribe to her social media because you will love her postings and um, you'll get to see all this great body positivity and body. What's the new term? Body neutrality. Body neutrality work that Mary Lane does. It, it, and, it's a cocktail of both. Yes. On my feed. <laughs> love it. And um, just also remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have over 70 theater and art related podcasts. So keep listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, lives for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advance notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. <laughs>